0: Welcome to the Tradie Success Podcast by Annette Wellsford, founder of Common Sense Marketing and Tradie Marketing Secrets. Annette's on a mission to help honest, hardworking tradies like you to become marketing geniuses, so you end up spending less time on the tools and more time growing a great business.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Karen Hall from Reputation by Design, and today I'm here with Annette Wellsford from Common Sense Marketing. Annette, how are you?
0: I'm great. Thank you so much, Karen, for having me and talking to me today. It's a pleasure to uh, have a chat. Awesome. And today, Annette's going
1: to be talking about marketing ecosystems. So, Annette, what does that
0: mean? If we think about the word ecosystem, it conjures up images of forests and plants and animals and birds Mm. and So all living together and dependent on each other and on the sun, the rain, the wind, that sort of stuff to survive and keep renewing. So if you think of that in a business sense, an ecosystem is a network of interconnecting and interacting parts. So we could say that your digital marketing ecosystem is the online version of you and your team physically prospecting, selling, servicing and managing your customers. Oh, I like that. That's great. So,
1: (laughs) in that regard, do we need a website or a website's dead?
0: Well, that's a good question. And that's something I've seen a bit lately because with the huge rise in social media, people are asking, well, you know, I've got a social, I've got a Facebook page and a LinkedIn page and a YouTube channel. Do I really need a website? Yes, is my answer to that because the website is one component of the whole digital marketing ecosystem. So if we just have a quick look at all the components, the first one is having the right strategy. So this is who your ideal clients are. Your branding, your messaging, the offers and your goals. That's the first thing. So that's just your overall strategy. Second is your website because that's where you build trust and you reduce risk and you Mm -hmm. prove that you do exist. There is a bit of thought process that if you don't have a website, you don't exist. (laughs) Email marketing is where you keep the conversation going. So that's the third component. The fourth is getting found through searching online. So you want to get found on the first page of Google to get leads and sales because that's where 97% of people stop on the first page, either on the first page or in the three pack. Number five, you might want pay-per-click advertising through Google Ads or Facebook or wherever and through remarketing. Number six is social media. So as we know, you need to be finding people in the places where they're hanging out. If they're over 40, it might be Facebook. If they're under 40, it might be TikTok. (laughs) That's generalising a little bit. But yeah, the last one and most important is not only automating some of this, but tracking, monitoring, and refining everything. So to get to do, you really need a website. Um, Yeah, because it's the digital shop front of you and your office or your factory or your business where it's where people come to find out about you and your products and services. It needs to speak to them, to, to website visitors in their language, and it needs to show that you understand their needs And it's there and it's like a solid, constant representation of you like your physical business is, like your shop front is. So if you only have a social media page but you've got lots of great posts, as we know those posts disappear Mm -hmm. and your social media page is very important but it's quite limited in what it can say about you. So your website's the bigger version of that. Yeah,
1: 100% agree. And certainly when we get calls or we do outreach, for example, on LinkedIn to people, we definitely know that they go to our website for more information and they might find out about different services. So they may or may not be interested in the original service we offered, but they might come back to us about a query about another service that's on our website. And you can't explain any of that in one email or one social media post. So, yeah, 100% agree. Yep. And what are the three most important elements of a stunning website and a website that
0: works? I love that question because if I was a web developer, I would say the functionality. And if I was the graphic designer, I'd say the design and the layer. But being a marketing agency, we think it's the content. So it's yep. actually all three, but the content is very, very important because in the end people will read and see what's on your website will determine very quickly whether they stay or go and continue and have a look around or not. So the content should be in your customer voice. It should appeal to them emotionally because no one makes decisions logically. It's all on emotion. It needs to show the benefits, not so much the features, but the benefits of dealing with you for each of your services or products. You need to provide value through education. You need to have lots of different types of content because we all learn in different ways. So Mm. um, I love to read. My husband waits till the video comes out. He doesn't want to read anything. So it's important that we have visual, you know, good images and good content, not too long, short and to the point. Um, I saw something recently that said that the majority of people scroll the height of Mount Everest every month. On their phone i did yes. And yes that's a lot of content think, to get through yeah so if your content and your headlines don't stop arrest that that thumb scroll they're on yep. the next website very quickly so your website your content has to have faqs blog posts education social proof what you're doing is building what's called eat so that's experience expertise authority and trust so the content For us is very important, and we actually help our clients with producing the content, not expecting them to do it. Um, The design is important: the layout, the background, the use of the right colours, and particularly white space. You don't clutter up a website as much as you possibly can with all sorts of, you know, stuff. White space is very important. As graphic designers will tell you, what's even more important is headings and subheadings, because most people look at the pictures first; they read the headline second and read another subhead third and if you have grabbed their attention they might read the text
1: after
0: mm. yep um, yep that's why we use a lot of like bullet lists to get the points across you have to use the right fonts it's important to have menus to make it very easy for navigation and finding your way around and it's really important to have calls to action that make it very easy for people to do what it is you want them to do. And the third spot, the third element is functionality. So this is making sure that's responsive on any mobile device or tablet, that it meets the WC3 sort of standards for web design and coding. So that's for WC3 compliant. It has the right plugins. If it's a WordPress site, not too many of them, that they all function and they're up to date, that it's secure. It's very easy for people to hack websites and take them over if they're not kept up to date constantly, particularly the themes and plugins. There should be forms that are integrated in with your CRM so people can contact you and get emails. Mm -hmm. It should load under four seconds, three to two seconds is even better. And if it's too slow to load, you'll be penalised by Google in the search results. And it should have good SEO on every page so that Google can index it properly and you can get found in searches.
1: That is a bucket load of components. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's do-it-yourself websites, but I don't think they cover anywhere near a fraction of those. So do you need a specialist to help with all of
0: those components? I'm going to say yes, but I'm also going to say that you need to be very careful about who you choose because there are a dime a dozen and I get probably 10 emails a day from people all around the world offering to build me a website or fix my website. How ironic. (laughs) Because they haven't actually done their homework. Uh Um, Like you can't just watch a couple of YouTube videos and read a couple of articles next minute you're a WordPress expert. You do need to cover all those things. It's taken us years and years and years of the qualifications and study and keeping up to date with all the latest stuff to get the copywriting right. You know how Mm -hmm. hard it is to get the content right, let alone Mm -hmm. the functionality and the security and stuff like that. So there's a Mm -hmm. lot to it. And so if you have an agency that is experienced in all of those elements, it's worth it. Mm -hmm.
1: Yep. Do you have some case studies of clients where you've been able to take a mediocre website to
0: something that's outstanding? Yeah, we've got a few case studies like that. One of them that springs to mind is an e-commerce site that came to us about probably four years ago now. They've been generating online sales but nowhere near what they thought. And Mm -hmm. the web person who has been managing the site was a web developer. So he didn't do any of the content and he'd moved on to other projects and it was hard to get hold of. And they were sick of the lack of customer service and slow slow response. So they found us and the first thing we did was we put heat mapping software onto the back of their website and just recorded in short videos what people did when they got there, where they clicked, what pages they went to, where they did what's called frustration clicking because they couldn't get the answer there, so they clicked here and and they couldn't get it. And you could watch their whole journey through the site and how many of them actually went to purchase and where they left. And we figured out that, first of all, no one scrolled to the bottom of the page. The page Mm -hmm. was way too long. People didn't stay on the homepage very long because it was really boring and it didn't tell the story. So they went to other pages to try and find the answers. But there was too many steps between the product, then the description, and then you had to go somewhere else to look at the shipping and then somewhere else to look at the returns. And then by the time you got to the the checkout, it was about three steps in the checkout and it didn't have everything. It was a really long and convoluted process. So we completely rebuilt the site, redid all the copy, all the images, changed the way the products were presented and presented them to specific groups, children Mm -hmm. or adults or whatever, simplified the checkout process and made the calls to action, just one per page, not ten, and made them really strong, like purchase here or select your colour or whatever. And, yeah, they've gone, I think it's we're up to about... That was from three years ago to now is close to a 350% increase in online sales.
1: Amazing. So, because I know how frustrating that is when you're trying to buy something on the phone, which we all do, and when it's not simple when you've got to click
0: round and back and it just you just give up. Yeah. And you've also got no trust. Yes. If they're making it that hard, what's it so going to be like to do back. With them? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I either
1: give up or I try and remember to do it on my laptop by that time. You've just been distracted by 10 other things and you forget. That's
0: right, yeah. So
1: it is about that whole journey then. And the question in that is, how do you get the right people to either that website or any website?
0: The first thing to know is who is your ideal client? And it's not everybody on the planet with a wallet. It is specific people of age groups and areas and demographics. You need to know that. You can find out a lot about that from your own knowledge of your customers, but also by having a look at Google Analytics and looking at the reports and looking at the demographics of people visiting your site and then following that through and seeing which ones of them are spending time on the site and taking the actions. A lot of website owners don't know that they've already got all this amazing information, Um, it's just never been shared with them or they haven't been shown. It's One of the first things we do is show them through. if they haven't got Google Analytics, we put it there, it's free, and then we set up lots of conversion tracking so that they can track it. So the first thing is to know your ideal client's avatars and then to know where they hang out most. For example, another story is we have a trade business who sells a roofing kind of product. And the majority of people, you know, after we've dug deep down into all the people who had purchased over the last couple of years, we found out that they're all over, you know, 50, the majority of them. So there was no point doing some of the stuff that they'd been doing because they weren't hanging out there. Yep. So we decided to limit the marketing strategies to where these people are hanging out and in a way that makes it really easy for them to respond. So they responded really well on Facebook. Yep. Um, So we stopped anything on Instagram and we stopped on LinkedIn because it just wasn't appropriate. And we did a lot of follow-up automation and that had a big effect because the older people like to have the trust. They want to see Mm -hmm. the reviews. So it is important that you know a lot about your customers to get the right ones to your site, not waste your money on campaigns in the wrong places.
1: And then just following on to that, then how do you turn those inquirers into
0: buyers? By making sure that you only have one call to action per page. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing where you go to a site and it's call now or check out this or fill out this form and get this. It's so confusing. And when you offer people two or three options, they get a bit, oh, I don't know what to do. And so they just go. So it's mm-hmm. one call to action per page. It, it, you've got to make it really easy, like I talked about with that e-commerce site. Some of the corporate businesses that we've dealt with in particular get very precious about their corporate branding colour coding schemes and, you know, you can only use this blue and you can only use this grey and we don't have any other colours or, or whatever. That doesn't help when you want people to click a button and fill out a form because they can't see the button because it doesn't stand out. You must True. have bright colour button. And I don't care if it doesn't go with your branding. <laughs> what we're after here is to make it easy for people to find what it is you want them to do. Yep. If they don't inquire or buy, then you'd be lucky if 5% did because at that point they might be just gathering information or doing their research. You want yep. to have some strategy in place to keep your name top of mind. So retargeting. Or- retargeting, yes, through Facebook or Google or some kind of lead magnet that they want to download like a checklist or an ebook or a watch this mm-hmm. video for more information so you can put them into your CRM system and keep the conversation going and keep your brand top of mind and build a relationship until they are ready.
1: Do many of your clients take up retargeting?
0: Probably about half. It depends on the business as well. It's very important that we measure it and there always has been a bit of a problem with attribution. So measuring Mm -hmm. where sales or leads come from. Was it from Facebook? Was it from TikTok? Was it from YouTube? Was it from Google? Because they might have found you in several different spots. But with the new Google Analytics that's coming out in July this year, it's going to make attribution tracking a lot easier. Mm -hmm. So retargeting will become a lot more popular, I think, because we'll be able to see with more clarification and definition or better sort of statistics, if you like, if the retargeting had an effect on getting people back to the site.
1: How do you know what's working and what isn't? So how do you know that today? And what do you think will change then with the new Google Analytics?
0: The new Google Analytics is not based on cookies. You know, how, like, you get these little things pop up. Well, you have to in Europe. It's GDPR. It's the law. It's also coming into America quite soon. Australia is quite behind the times, thankfully, with that. But Apple has also had a big effect with their regulations. So the whole cookie thing's out, which is how Google Analytics has been able to track things for the last 11 years or so, and the new Google Analytics 4 that's coming out in July is all based on web events. It's all based on artificial intelligence. So it's AI tracking events. How many people visit a page? How many people were on a mobile phone? How many people clicked a button? They measure hundreds of different little mini events and predictions as well. It's quite accurate. If you started a journey like you mentioned on your phone, you got frustrated. So you went to your computer to finish it. It can track that. That's exciting and scary. (laughs) I know. They don't know it's you. It's just, yeah. (laughs) But what's important is that's just one element of it. It's really important that you use something like Google Analytics, and there's a few around, but that's the main one. Google Search Console tells us what people typed in, what keyword searches they used and how many of those searches did your site show up for. That helps with the keyword research and tracking. And then there's lead tracking. So everybody, I mean, with an e-commerce site, it's really easy, but if you're a service business, you really need to know where your leads are coming from. We encourage our clients, we actually provide them with a lead tracking sheet if they haven't got their own sales tracking system. But, you know, it's just, how did you hear about us? Did you find us on Google? Did you do a search or did you see an ad or were you on Facebook, whatever? And just record all that and then record how many of those leads turned into sales. And then we provide another tool called the return on investment tracking where you can plug those numbers in and you can see how much you spent on Facebook promotions or posts or marketing, how much you spent on Google much is spent on emailing people and where all the sales came from. You're not measuring that. You're literally shooting in the dark. There's so much to it, as you can see. But if you do have a really good website that people visit and they click around and they read a lot of information and they maybe come back to it and they perhaps contact you or buy from you it has a big impact on your reputation. A poor website that doesn't produce good results is not only a waste of money, but it's actually damaging your reputation. I know
1: when I started business eight years ago, I had so much, I call it website shame until we upgraded because, you know, my website and whatever the email address was, you just, you weren't proud of it. So you need to be really proud of it and it needs to work. And you've given us so many things to think about in terms of what works, what's important today. And I know you've got a special offer today, which I'm going to be taking up. So can you tell us about that?
0: Um, sure. It's called the Digital Marketing Ecosystem Review and Recommendation. So it's a bit like a bit of an audit. What we do is we spend a couple of hours and we go through your website. We've got several tools that we subscribe to which enable us to see all kinds of things like how hey, stack up against your competitors in online searches We ask you to give us just limited access to the back of your website and to Google Analytics. And we go in and we look at all the stats, and we come out with a report saying you do it. And we test the site speed. We test all the things that Google looks for to meet their hundreds of requirements. (laughs) We don't know all of them, but we know some of the key ones. And then we give you a report. It's about 52 different things that we look at we we'll give you a report saying this is good, this is good, the content's good, this is not good, this is where you need to fix this and all that sort of stuff. So it's an independent audit if you like and then if you want help with any of those we can come back and give you a quote or you can go off and fix them yourself or whatever, it's up to you. Normally Absolutely. we charge 197 for that because it, t- it does take a few hours but if you're listeners put in the code reputation to the link which we'll provide, they can have it for free for the next couple months.
1: And just to sign off in terms of the services that you offer, if you can give an idea of those for the listeners, that would be amazing.
0: We've talked a lot about websites. So yes, we design and build websites. We do all the design, all the building, all the content, all the hosting and all the taking care of it, you know regular updates and the security backup sort of thing. So we take up backups every day. That's the core business. And then we also do all the other things that you need to make that work because it's a bit like build it and they will come. No, there are billions of websites. There's something like a million new websites launched every week around the world. We offer the services that you need to then get the people to the website. We don't do social media, but we do search engine optimization, SEO, which is very important, pay-per-click advertising, predominantly through Google, a little bit through social media. Then what do you do with the people once you've had an inquiry? We help set up the CRM, the email marketing database, the automations, write the emails, and then also help people get Google reviews and get found in the local search if they're a local business. So it's kind of the core, the before and the after side of things. Not the whole marketing gamut because that's where you and I complement each other. You do different marketing things to what we do.
1: Amazing. All right. So
0: the um digital
1: marketing ecosystem audit with the code Reputation, nice. incredibly generous. Thank you, Anne. We'll definitely include that link. And thank you so much for all of that insight. There is an incredible amount to consider in terms of what makes an effective website and also overall digital marketing ecosystem. So I took, I know I took a few notes. I love the Term arrest the thumb scroll and just the reminder about the importance of retargeting the people that don't convert. So, thank you so much for that. Really
0: appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thank you, Karen. Good to talk to you. Well done for listening to this podcast. You've taken another step towards becoming a marketing genius. Visit TradySuccess.com.au to grab the transcript of this podcast and other useful marketing goodies and take some sort of marketing action today.